Hello and welcome to Lunch with Lee. I'm your host Shane Lee. Today on the show, Mark Holden, an Australian singer, actor, TV personality, record producer, songwriter and now barrister. He was a pop star in the 70s with four top 20 hit singles. He's hosted a dating show, appeared as an actor on Young Doctors and was a judge on Australian Idol. And after all this, is now a barrister and a very keen Adelaide Crows supporter. And Brad Johnson, a former Australian rules footballer, playing a massive 364 matches for the Western Bulldogs. In his day, he was considered one of the best forwards in the game. Post-career, works as a commentator, radio host and TV presenter. He's also founded with his wife Donna, a female sports brand called Xena, to assist with the prevention of injuries in females in sport. Let's get started. Welcome to Lunch with Lee on the show today, Mark Holden, an Australian singer, actor, TV personality, record producer, songwriter, and now barrister. Welcome, Mark. G'day, Shane and and Brad. It's great to great to meet you guys virtually. Beautiful, mate. And Brad Johnson, a former Australian rules footballer. Welcome, Brad. G'day, Mark. G'day, Shane. Thanks for having me on the show. It's great. Well, boys, thanks for coming. And now, Mark, reading up on you to start with you, mate. Fantastic and very diverse career. The only thing pretty much on your C- not on your CV is that you didn't go to the Olympics, mate. So what happened there? <laughs> I did go to, I did go to the Olympics. Uh, uh, no, I did. I, I literally did because uh, Vanessa Amorosi, uh, my artist, she was 16 yes. and, uh, and she got the gig to sing in the opening ceremony and then they used my song Absolutely Everybody in the, in the closing ceremony. So, so I was absolutely at the Olympics. It was, uh, it was, un- it was an unbelievably beautiful experience. So that was really kind of pre terrorism in a way. Yeah, it was um, pre all the bullshit. And uh, you know, Sydney was just magnificent at that, in that, at that period, you know, that it was sunshine and, and it was just awesome. And, and, and seeing my song, uh, I, I, I just just one quick story. We we did the rehearsals for the closing ceremony out at some airfield somewhere or other, and it was all yep. high security. And there was a you know there was a, a tent, and inside the tent was um, you know Kylie and Paul Pogues. And what's that? The leggy girl, the model, the Australian girl, El McPherson. El McPherson, and I know my leggy girls. <laughs> yeah, Yothi, Yothi Yindi, and Yothi Yindi, and I was there with John Paul Young, who's a who's a beautiful, yes. absolutely one of the life's gentlemen and the greatest guys. And we were just looking at each other, other going, "How the bloody hell can we be here after all this time?" <laughs> and 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 El McPherson was sitting on a chaise lounge like the like Cleopatra. Wow. And and one after one the blokes would sort of <laughs> amble up to her and have a crack, get rebuffed and walk away. It was fabulous to watch. <laughs> Did you throw a red carnation at her, Mark? <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, knew, I knew I was well and truly out of that game. <laughs> now, Mark, we'll, t- we'll talk about your, your love of AFL in a minute, but Brad, just over to you, mate. Was it always going to be AFL for you or did you play other sports as a, as a junior? Oh, look, I didn't, I didn't start till I was uh, start playing footy until I was 13. So as a, as a youngster, I was right into my basketball, I suppose, but, but athletics was, um, was what I loved. I still, I still actually love that today. That's why it's great timing with, you yes. know, this week with the Olympics and the athletics being on in the, in the second week, it's, uh, 
it's it's heaven for me. I just absolutely um, love it. I love all the Diamond League events that still go on um, in Europe and around the world. So, um, so yeah, it was it was that sort of was the the pathway for myself. And always loved footy. Um, had a footy family um, and all that sort of stuff. My dad played a, a lot of local footy and. Um, and all my cousins and rallos were were big bulldog supporters, so yes. I sort of got gravitated towards the the bulldogs. And yeah, it started when I was thirteen, and within um, within four years, I was lucky enough to um, be drafted as a as a seventeen year old. So it started quite early for myself while I was still at school, but um, it was it was really exciting. I, lo- I loved absolutely every minute. And you mentioned basketball there, Mark. You were a state junior basketballer, weren't you? I was. Yeah, I, I it was. Uh, I loved. I still love basketball. Uh, um, yeah, it was great. I came over from I, – I played in the state team when we came to Melbourne and we stayed at Melbourne when where the art centre now is was a YMCA. And uh, I stayed at the YMCA and that was – it was such a big deal to come and, and play the Victorians, you know. Yeah. South Australians love to, love to take on the Vicks. <laughs> and uh, my grandfather – came and picked me up in a tram and it's the it's probably the only time that I spent with him um, on my own in in both of our whole whole lives and uh, it was a, it was a, it's a, I remember that very very distinctly Amazing. and and Brad um, you said you're drafted at 17 and you were I said in the intro, you were considered as one of the, the best forwards of, of the time, but you were, you, you were sort of made out when you were uh, young. You're probably too small to be a forward, but you proved them wrong. Yeah, I was. I, I'm, not still, <laughs> I'm not the biggest guy going around. That's for sure. So I, uh, I had to battle away. Look, I, yeah, my first few years, I just played as a, I played as a bit of a tag at the start, learned playing on some of the best players in the comp, um, how to run and, you know, the, the level required to be, a really good player. I learned a lot from that in my first couple of years playing those roles. I played out in the wing for a little bit. I wasn't, yes. I wasn't sort of the, as the biggest guy. I wasn't sort of extremely tough inside, Shane. So I had to had to find my <laughs> role running around the outside on the wing, which was good. And use those, use the. I, I was lucky. I had reasonable um, endurance. I was able to sort of get up in the ground pretty well. And then it was about uh, ninety, oh, probably ninety eight, ninety nine. After we actually lost our prelims to the Adelaide Crows, Mark, which you would have been yes, yes, at, uh, at that heaven, time. heaven, <laughs> heaven, heaven. I came back from America, Brad. I came back from America in ninety six, and you know I used to watch the uh, footy in America on all the little sports channels that you could get. Yeah. And to come home to have the crows do what they did was just heaven for me. Yeah, look, it was heaven. Sorry, mate. <laughs> but that's footy, isn't it? Now, Brad, was that the game where uh, Tony Liberatore, you thought he did kick the goal, but it was, it was given a behind? Is that the one? Def, I was in the goal square, Shane. I've said to this very yeah. day, it, it was a goal. But anyway, if we had score review back then, it might have been a different story. But unfortunately, the goal umpire saw it a, a different way. We can't change uh, can't change history. Adelaide were unbelievable, though. The way they fought back. Look, Andrew McLeod's my favourite player of, of all Me time. Me too. Me too. Uh, Andrew Andrew McLeod is absolutely the, my favourite player too. He he's right up there with with the greats around the world. You know, I think in in terms of his his just the magnificent way he played the game. Yeah, look, he was bloody tough to play on too. Let me. Was he? Was he? Yeah, yeah. He he just had that. He had lightning speed, and he read the play so well. And you know, he just had that confidence to stand ten meters in front of you all the time when he was playing as a defender. And he was just impossible to um, to stop. He was he was such a good player. And we tried to tag him in those prelim finals, and with our very best taggers as well. And you know, even they say the livers of the world and Jose Ramirez and that say that he was just. 
you know, one of the all-time greats and hardest to stop. Brad, I was saying to Mark before we got on air that um, I grew up down the south coast of Sydney, so it was a rugby league sort of area. But the first time I watched an AFL game live, it was 1994. It was at Football Park in Adelaide. I was at the Cricket Academy, and I went along with uh, two Victorian cricketers, um, Simon Cook and Brad Hodge. And I, it's, I think it was the year that Modric kicked 100 goals, so I saw him play live and also saw Gary Ablett Sr. kick eight that day. And I, and I was hooked on the game I've been hooked in the game ever since. You know what? That's and that's we love that era of footy for the reasons you just mentioned. Then you know we mm-hmm. just had we had on Fox last week. You know retro round, which was a look back to the nineties, and that's where you saw all the guns kicking their hundreds and taking hangers every week. And and look, footy went through a, a period the last few probably the last five to ten years where it's been more about team defence and setting up the ground better and the evolution of the game. But it's starting to go back that way a little bit now. Look, some of the hangers we've seen this year. And the big bags of goals has brought the game back to what what we love. And, um, you know, some, some of the marks this year are, are as good as what Modra and, and Ablett used to take through that period in the 90s. Was it good as the one that Gary Moorcroft took on your head, mate? <laughs> <laughs> but I, think, I don't think anything will be as good as that. Okay, you know what? Look, wing under that. And, look, I, I laugh about it. It was unbelievable, um, unbelievable mark. But... When I stood up, I didn't realise how big it was, and then I saw forty thousand people giving him a standing ovation. Even yes. the doggies fans were on their feet clapping it. I thought, "What has what has he done?" And then seeing the replay was it was it was phenomenal. I remember my teammate Ben Harrison actually was behind me. He cheered the mark live. That's how that's how good it was. <laughs> it's, it's still it's still one of the greatest marks. Now, now talk about uh, Mark. Talk about kicking goals. I, I watched some footage of you in Young Doctors doing my research for this podcast. Mate, did you pass off every bird on that show? <laughs> oh, man. That were, they were good days. I mean, I barely, I barely remember them. But my, 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 daughter, uh, my daughter forced me to buy the, uh, the Young Doctors DVD series that's <laughs> yeah. just come out, which I didn't want to buy because apart from anything, I didn't want her to, uh, to see how truly awful I really was. Uh, but, but, uh, but, also, uh, but also because we never got a Zach out of any residuals that show played really? all around the that show played all around the world and uh it was you know they, the concept of residuals apparently didn't exist and and even this new box set that they've got out they don't even like put 10 percent aside to the you know actors benevolent funder and you know what i mean it's just so bloody wow. lousy but anyway i bought them so that katie will it'll be one more thing she'll throw out when i'm dead Mate, do you, do you see yourself more as a um, a songwriter, a singer, a, a, a producer? What, what do you what do you see yourself as more? I've just I've just started re-engaging with the, my creative side after ten years as a barrister, uh, which was really fabulous. I mean, I I really really value and love the people that I've met through being a barrister, but it's high stress and sure. uh, and it's uh, you know it's. It's people's lives on the line, so you know it's foot. It's it's a lot of anxiety involved in it. Sure. And uh, so I've, I've I've turned back to uh, my creative side, and and I'm working on a couple of uh, a new a new album with a Gunditjmara man from down in um, uh, uh, down in Portland way. That's cool. Who's just an ap- uh, older bloke who's absolutely like brilliant, and uh, and 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 I've been able to use my old skills. And it's so lovely to be able to, you know, find that the skills just are there and they've just been waiting for someone to inspire them. And uh, also uh, at the same time, I found uh, 
uh, an old film that I made uh, tw- 15, 16 years ago on the young beatbox kid that I signed, Joel Turner. And we had a number one record with yeah, these kids. That. And, yeah, and then it all kind of fell to bits. And, and, um, and I went back to them just in the last, uh, in the last six months said, hey, I'd like to put this DVD out as a, you know, film on YouTube and because it's really an amazing film of these incredible beatboxes. And I've re-hooked up with the, with the guys and, and I'm encouraging them to put together an EP and I'm listening to Joel and Joel is just, you know, he's over the phone, he's beatboxing and playing his guitar to me and I'm going, oh, my God, man, that is so bloody good. Yeah. You, you are so incredible. What are you doing sitting at home doing nothing? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I tell you what, but I, a lot of people wouldn't realise how many songs you've actually written for other people, Blinda Carlisle, The Temptations. I, 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 I love I, – one of my favourite songs is, is Lady Soul that you wrote and I think you didn't you perform with the Temptations singing backups to you. That would have been unbelievable, wouldn't it? That song changed my life. It really changed my life because I'd had hits before then, but I'd never had hits that I'd written. And right. uh, and this was this was after I'd gone to America and signed a deal uh, that ultimately flopped, and I found myself on on my Pat Malone in Los Angeles with nothing. Wow. And uh, and I had to make a decision of whether I was going to come back, you know, failed with my tail between my legs or mm-hmm. just hang in. And I decided to hang in and I, I uh, at the end of the year, that song just appeared in my head and uh, I scratched out a demo of it and just miraculously I, I knew this production team who were pitching songs at Barry Gordy at Motown. And so they pitched the song and Barry Gordy loved it and, Next thing, I'm in the studio with the Temptations, and uh, and they're saying to me, "Hey, can you just sing the melody so that uh, so that we can work out our harmony parts?" So uh, I mean, that was that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's just, that was a beautiful moment, and then for it to become a hit, and then for it to be on the Motown greatest hits. And it was about you reviewing your own dreams, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I wrote my dreams down for a year, and uh, every you know, and I didn't drink. I'm a weed smoker, so I stopped smoking the weed. And, uh, uh, and, and I just wrote down my dreams. And, and at the end of the year, um, I, I, you could look back over the dreams and, and you'd see the dream and your life, you could see your life when you looked back over a year, your dreams were telling you some very specific things. Amazing. And, uh, and this, as I said, the song just appeared in, I heard the whole chorus just, just as it is on the record. And uh, and it, it just it just changed my life because I became a songwriter and 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 put aside being an artist at that point and became a behind the scenes dude and which I still am and I love. It's a brilliant story. And, and Brad, speaking of dreams, it, it must be great to look back now on your career: three hundred sixty-four matches for the one club. Yeah, look, at, and and the dream is is what it is, and that's what it that's what it starts as, and that's why it's really intriguing listening to to Mark at the moment. You know, like where. You know, I've, I've been through it and, and lived it, but it was a dream that you try and turn into a reality. And when you get that opportunity, it's making the most of it. Look, I got lucky throughout my career in terms of not having too many injuries. I was I was sort of, you know, wheeled out on a weekly basis to sit in the goal square and and have a red hot crack. But I absolutely loved it. I loved I loved the club. I loved um, I loved the colours, and I I love representing every single week. And now I've got older kids. You know what I mean? My my daughter's eighteen, and she's actually trying to break through in that in that music industry, Mark, which is very difficult. To um to do my son races go karts, you know what I mean. So they're trying to relive, um, realize their dreams, you know, at, at the moment. So going through what what we've lived in life and what we've been able to sort of do 
from a sporting point of view or a business or, or music point of view, then you try and I suppose um, relay a little bit of that to your kids as they're trying to you know forge their path and their journey towards um, you know what their life will will look like as as teenagers, as young adults, and mm. and hopefully you know some of the things that you've learned along the way can really you can really pass on. But look, you know the one thing I didn't get was a was a premiership and. Look, that actually sits Bloody okay crows. with myself because at the end of the day, we 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 had a red hot crack. You know what I mean? We don't we didn't sit there going. You know, we let ourselves down in in different areas. We were beaten by better teams in the prelims that I played in, and um and I suppose it's been made easier by the dogs winning it in 2016 has allowed everyone to celebrate yeah. and and move on past that fact of not winning a, a flag for the club for for a very long time. All right, we'll take a quick break now. And um, once again, being on Zoom, I'm doing the cooking. So I'm going to go with a Japanese theme due to the Olympics. So I'm doing some teriyaki chicken and teriyaki baked salmon, some steamed greens. I'm going to do some pickled radishes uh, and some steamed rice. And I think that'll be washed down with a nice O'Brien beer. Let's get started. John O'Brien is a legend of Australia's beer industry. In 2003, he dreamed of producing a great-tasting beer that could be enjoyed by everyone, free from the ill effects of mass-produced wheat and barley. John began a brewing journey blending unique aromas and flavours offered by ancient grains such as sorghum and millet. He perfected recipes over time which have led to 40 local and international awards, including three gold medals at the Australian International Beer Awards, a gold medal at the Indies and a silver medal at the Beer World Cup. Proudly 100% Aussie-owned, made in Ballarat, O'Brien Beer is Australia's most awarded gluten-free beer and widely available around Australia through major retailers and online at rebellionbrewing.com.au. O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves your back. Follow and subscribe to Sportonomic. Venture with me, Reese Lenarduzzi, and other industry experts and key players beyond the mere headlines and into the depths of sports business, law, economics, and finance. Find Sportonomic on your favourite podcast app now. Sportonomic, sponsored by Athlon Partners. Come find out about the emerging universe of sports capital at athlonpartners.com. But you talked about then about um, kids and your wife Donna and yourself set up a, a female uh, apparel brand called Xena. And so talk us, just talk us quickly through that. So that's sort of protection, um, sort of, Trying to prevent injuries for female sportswomen, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It, it's it's exactly that. It's a it's a protective vest for for, for specifically designed for females uh, with breast and rib protection. So any type of contact or collision based sports, even the minor aspects of, of contact, is is what the vest will will help with. It, it basically starts at about age twelve or thirteen. If your girls going through that development phase in life, right through to to adults, we've got a number of um, different sports. Now, it started with footy for us, but we've got a number of different sports now that are that wear the vest right through to your popular ones like your your soccer or footballs, basketballs, and um, and rugby and and uh, and cricket. Even right through now to we've just signed with Blind Sports Australia, which is a really cool one for Brilliant. the goalball team to wear it at the Paralympic Games coming up. And and we've we've learned a lot about different sports that we didn't even know sort of existed. Um, so, and there's returning mums that wear it and there's, there's females that have been through their own health issues with cancers and coming back, wanting to return to sport, becoming healthy again. So that wear the vest and as I said, juniors right through to seniors. So it's, it's been great fun. It's something that we never thought we'd be doing, but we started five years ago and we, we launched a couple of years ago and we've been able to work through the COVID situation and, well done. and continue to push forward. It's, it's been great fun. It really has. Mark, is that pre- something that is that something that exists in other countries, Brad? No, nah, look, it's something that no, not specifically for for females. So yeah, we're working 
working with a few different countries at the moment, just trying to um, get the best to enter that. We're in the early stages of our business, so it's it's something that will hopefully evolve for us over the next 12 months to two years. Yeah, those protective vests would have been good back in the day of your concerts, Mark, with those crazy female fans of yours. <laughs> honestly, honestly, it's such a long time ago. It's like it's it's like my grandson did that, you know. <laughs> now, I want to ask you, Mark, about uh, your relationship with the Hoff. Um, like a legend of a guy. We all, we all know what he's done on Baywatch. And, he's a legend of a guy. And um, I watched some footage. You clearly – you wrote a lot of hit songs for him and, and he did very well. And he, it's obviously a, a real – it's a real um, real special bond between you two. It is. No, no. We, he's he's uh, he's such a great guy. He reminds me of my actual brother in a, in a lot of ways in, okay. that, in that he's uh, – He's really my my brother never stops and and the the Hoffs like that. My yeah. brother's seventy. He's a, he's a developer and and uh, he plays in the Masters Apprentices and uh, and he's got a big development business in Adelaide and he's on all kinds of boards, the Housing Trust and all kinds of things. But he he just goes 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 and the Hoff is like that. He just cannot stop. He just he's just going 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 going. And it's uh, there's just certain guys that are like that. Whereas I'm I'm quite happy to, you know, I can't wait till there's a new thing on Stan coming out, the cracked or something. I can't know what yep. it's called, but you know, I can't wait to sit down and watch the whole. I mean, I'm a totally different. You know, I'm completely different. <laughs> yeah. Now the Hoff, the Hoff is we had the best time with with the Hoff. Yeah, it was uh, it was one of the best times of my life. He was doing Baywatch. Baywatch was huge. I'd I'd ride down the coast. And uh, to find to find the, the the you know the crew wherever they were, and then then I'd sit in his trailer and he'd come out of the ocean dripping with water, pumping iron, and yeah. we'd be busting and we'd be <laughs> busting songs out on on a cassette, or I'd be playing him what I'd edited the night before, or or whatever. It was just great, and I and I fought, and I was his front man for uh, go, taking the record out to Germany and. And and uh, particularly Germany, but also Asia. But Germany was where he was, you know, Austria, Austria, Switzerland, Germany. He was just massive. I love the story that you told about being in a camera shop with him in New York, and um, he said everyone used to recognise him, and he introduced you to the guy behind the counter, and, and he said that you were, you, what did he say? You were. Um, this is a friend of mine. Uh, he, he used to be small in a very small country, a very long time. <laughs> he used to be famous in a very small country a very long time ago. <laughs> Only a good mate could do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah no, he's, he's great, man, and, he, and he's uh, got himself a, a beautiful young wife now, so he's a happy man. That's good to hear. Uh, and, and Brad, um, tips for this year, who's going to win? Bulldogs? It's tough, Shane. Yeah, look, it really is. The the, uh, the Bulldogs are going really well, which is which is good. The biggest challenge for them since winning the flag was could they become a top four team? And yep. they've been able to do that. And I think they'll stay in the top four for you know a period of time now, which is which is good for the club with the list that they they have. But oh look, it, it really is a, a mix of about four teams. I think you've got, you know, the Cats as well, who are yep. absolutely flying at the moment. They'll get their star, a couple of star players back for the for the finals. I'm loving what the Sydney Swans are doing. So am I, mate. Yeah, that's my team. The way they've galvanised, Shane, honestly, since COVID hit and they got had to leave Sydney and they're in Queensland. Now they're in Victoria and their families are still in Queensland, you know, hubbing and it's it's all over the place for them. Maybe. But they're playing good footy and John Longmire, I think, has brought them together really well. So they're a, they're a real watch um, at, at the moment. The Ds have been good. 
all year. They're in they're in a bit of a slump at the moment. They are, yeah. They're act together for for the final series. So so those three teams in in particular, I still like Port Adelaide. I don't, I don't know why. There's something about Port okay. Adelaide that they can turn it on on any given given day. Brad, Brad can I just Brad? Can I just say I hate Port Adelaide. <laughs> you would hate it. <laughs> I totally get that <laughs> with the history of the Crows, but but they're, but they're at least they're a, they're they're a team that. They've got some good young players that are exciting. I don't know. Like, uh, ultimately, I think it's out of the um, out of the dogs, the cats, and and the d's. But anything can happen. It's it's still wide open. Um, um, I think you'll definitely have the Western Bulldogs. Definitely have the uh, the Brownlow medalist this year, and Bonton Pelly. He's been outstanding. Yeah, he has. It's um, it's been great. It's been great to uh, to watch my. My daughter's just written a song about him, Mark. So you'd be oh, really? great. Yeah. Oh no, is it? Is it are you shit? That 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 immediately sounds like a hit to me. Yeah, so it's uh, it's come up really, really well. Um, so that's that's just been um, just been released. It'll be out in uh, be out by the time we sort of the next week. So that's really cool. Um, and so look, that that's something that you know, with with the bond and everything he's done, he's such an inspiration to to so many. But when you look at the bond, you look at the the leader that he is, the captain, and the captain's got to inspire you. We've all seen that, and and he certainly does that. He he grabs the team, puts him puts the team on his shoulders at, at critical moments, and says, "I've got this." But does it in the right way. He's such a good guy on the field, off the field. He's a star, um, and you can see why everyone loves him. We'll hold it there for a minute, and we'll be back right after this. If you're enjoying this episode, why don't you go back to a previous episode where I had another entertainer and a cricketer, Stuart Clark and Rachel Beck, and we talk about all things entertainment, sport. And music. Mark, I also noticed that you you've done some um, theatre as well, and the one the one that I didn't get was this Sleeping Beauty on ice. Like, how on earth did she sleep if she was on ice? I don't. <laughs> Actually, it was uh, it was that that was in um, at the Harris in Lake Tahoe. Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah. Uh, there was it was a she was a I can't remember her name. She was an American gold medal skater. Right. Can't, oh, I can't remember her name. Uh, and 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 it was on ice, and there was an orchestra, and uh, and I would she would skate around me, and I would stand on in the middle and sing. But but it was we did three shows a night. And uh, it was over, and, and, and down at the in the in the bar in the just at the front of the room we were in, BB mm. King was doing five shows a oh, day. Wow! Wow! Doing in in the bar at the front of the room that I was in, and and I down in the bowels of of the place at Harris, you just see this old man going back and forth every day, back and forth. Well, he was probably sixty or 50, wow. fifty something other, but he was doing five shows a day, man. And, and how was he? Awesome. Seven days a week. Oh, it was BB King. Yeah. Bloody yeah, awesome. Fire out. Um, one you mentioned Vanessa Amorossi at the start, Mark, and um, the song "Shine" that you wrote, but that was originally called "Die," wasn't it? It was. Uh, a, it's a. It's a. Yeah, it, it it is the 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 way it uh, worked was that she was sixteen and. Um, the first few songs that that she recorded, like absolutely everybody, were songs that mm. that I had written for her. But as soon as I got to know her and listened to, uh, and well, just as soon as I got to know her, I realised that she was a writer, and and not only a, a, a writer but a really really good writer. Right. And so I started um, put giving her things to write to, and uh, so it was a guy called Robert Pardee and me 
created the track. We, he's a piano player and we sang the track. I sang the track out with him playing the piano and, and he constructed the track and we gave that to Vanessa and then she came back with uh, her version of that and, and yeah, she called it Die. And so I, I rewrote the chorus at that point and, uh, and it became what it is. I, mean, I remember when I first heard the recording, when it first came back, I actually, it moved me to tears. It was, wow. and I knew what it was about. And, uh, but, but there's just something about Vanessa that's just so deep and, and, and there's pain, you know, there's, there's pain in her, mm. in her voice and in, and in her life, really. There's been a bit of pain and been a crow supporter too the last couple of years, but we won't talk about that. Now, um, I want to ask you, Brad. Um, I'm, 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 not, I'm not hating. I tell you what, I'm not hating the crow's rebuild. I mean, I'm hating the fact that, that what happened, what happened was just an absolute shambles and terrible. The whole yeah. thing with that, with that, you know, which, you know, that camp and all the, all the rest of it. That, that, and when I look at all the players that are dotted around the league, you know, uh, man, and just the guys that we, you know, and, and Rory, Rory Laird has, 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 has become, you know, a star centre fielder because everyone else is gone. Mm. So he's getting his he's getting his shot. God bless him for stepping up. There's but, a few green know, shoots no, there this year. No, but the green shoots are great. That's my point. Yep. And, yep. And, 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 I, and I reckon the coach is really good. So, I mean, I'm, that, that's, that's the most important thing to me. I reckon he's, he, he's got a good game plan and, and, and no, I'm, I'm actually loving watching the rebuild. I'm just pissed off that we have to rebuild. And, and Brad, playing the MCG, mate, I was lucky enough to play there in the green and gold for Australia and cricket. And um, what a, you know, being from Sydney, I, I obviously love the SCG, but there's something special about that MCG, isn't there? Oh, it's, a, it's amazing. It, it really is. Like, you, to, to be able to, you know, played, in, played there, um, you know, as a, as a youngster um, through under-18s and, and from the moment you walk out on that ground, you, you just want to be out there every mm. single week, every single match. It, it's just got an amazing um, atmosphere and, and, and the feel about it. And, and sometimes you, I suppose, when you sort of, you sort of get in that mode of just, you're just going to, to play. Um, yep. Sometimes you don't even think about the venue you're, you're walking into. It's not until you sort of stand back and go, wow, you know, we had so many opportunities to run around on, uh, you know, in, in yeah. this environment. It, it was just something that you, you sort of never, you never forget. And, you know, playing some big games there was, um, was, was huge in front of some, some big crowds and, you know, it, it can get quite intimidating at times. So you run out against a Richmond or a Collingwood when they're absolutely oh, flying and they've got yeah. 7,000 of their own supporters there, you know, cheering them on and, and the noise that goes through the place. You, you can't hear yourself. If we were standing three of us a metre apart, at times you couldn't even, couldn't talk to each other. So, you know, you have to sort of jump up and down and do star jumps half the time to, to get your teammates' attention. It's, it's just a – it really is a, an unbelievable um, stadium and, you know, that's why hopefully we can maybe get back there this year for a grand final. All, all that's mm. up in the air. We understand it, you know, but there's some amazing stadiums around the country now where the athletes, you know, at the very best, at the very top level, get to experience week in, week out. And, you know, you just hope they – appreciate the surroundings that they get to, um, you know, yeah. the craft on display. Mark, just on that, um, you're talking about, you know, getting a feedback from the crowd. I'm really concerned about a lot of our musicians at the moment haven't got that interaction and it's, it's some real dark times out there, isn't there? It's, it's not – it's it's the interaction is one thing. No, it's mm. just that their actual livelihood has been absolutely yeah. devastated. I mean, absolutely my friends who are, you know, my best friends who are in that caper, 
Um, it's just been just so demoralizing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Vanessa flew out for, uh, she lives in America now and, and she flew out to do, my buddy manages her now. And uh, he had six weeks of work for probably 200 grand's worth of work. And, uh, you know, it was a expensive flight plus she did the two weeks and that's another three grand. And uh, so she was probably 15 grand in the hole before she, Jeez. before she arrived here or at when she arrived here, when she got out and the entire six weeks was blown out. Yeah. And, and it's not just her and it's not just him, but it's the, you know, the guys and the guys and girls in the band, you it's know, everyone. the it's yep. everyone, it's everyone, yep. but it's just, but, but for managers and, it's it's uh, it's devastating. It's absolutely and that's devastating. That's where we've been in the footy world. No no question is the fact that they've been able to keep it going in some ways. Yes, I can say because ultimately you're right. There's so many people that have been affected by this that that entertain and people love to be entertained by them, and they just haven't been able to to get out and and perform. It's yes, yeah, it's, it's been really. But hard. thank God for the thank God for the footy though, Brad. For <laughs> God's sake, and I know seriously, I know yeah. it's I know it's having devastating effects in on the on on the AFL's bottom line and all the rest of it. But but uh, and and also again the 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 coterie is so much smaller. But but um, for us, you know, it's a uh, you know every week it's something that we can love and and takes our mind off being in the position that we're all in and and so it's a great credit to them that they've been able to keep it going really i think yeah i, agree. I think it, i think it's helped big time and that's why the olympics have been so good too the last couple of weeks haven't they yeah. you're not really into it you're sort of sitting back you get caught up in what the aussies are doing and how well they're going and you know even um you know family members of mine that aren't heavily into sport are loving it oh everyone's an expert now aren't they everyone's an expert oh, i love that i reckon it's <laughs> I reckon, I reckon it's great the fact that you know they've gone ahead no crowds have been able to get through it which is which has been pleasing but and the way the aussies have gone it's just sort of brought us all together again to say hey we've got to we've got to push harder to even get through this so we can start going to watch these these athletes these performers you know live again yeah, I can't wait for that. Now, I ask, I ask every guest on the show the same question. I'll start with you, Brad. Um, if there was a young boy or girl footballer coming through, what advice would you give them? Oh, look, uh, I suppose that the, for, for me at the at the very beginning, it's 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 all about having a, just a, a real sort of desire. Desire, number one, and I know fun's a real basic word, but I was told that right at the beginning of, mm-hmm. of my footy sporting career as a whole. Just continue to, if you have fun, You'll want to do the other things that come with it. You'll want to work hard. You'll want to work on your skills. You'll want to, um, you know, listen to your coaches uh, to to get better. So you want to do all the things to to become the best you can be. If you have got that element of fun that that stays in it, even when it got really serious, you know, towards getting drafted and then playing mm. playing footy for the dogs, I always loved it. Loved yeah. every every minute of it. So I suppose that's what um, you know. I suppose the advice I would give is love it, have fun. All the other elements will fall underneath that if you if you are enjoying it. And Mark, if there's a young singer, songwriter, um, entertainer, actor was coming through, what advice would you give them? I, I have a few things that I say. I've got yep. I've got my lines because I do get asked this a lot. So I have a few things that I say. I think the most important thing is marry well. <laughs> See, Brad's done that. That's a good point, Mark. I've done it right too, though, with that. Brad's, Brad's done that. And I think that I think that's the most important point. Everything else is cool. But apart from that, I'd say that uh, it, it's, it's, it's truly amazing. And it's, it is truly amazing that, that if you do something well enough 
long enough, magically money seems to find you. That's been my experience mm. in life because because no, I could never have predicted that 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 this little white boy from the suburbs of Adelaide, yeah, who 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 you know didn't get beaten up by his parents, wasn't abused, just an ordinary bloody kid from, mm. you know, I complain that my parents would you know didn't abuse me the buggers, you know, I don't know why, you know, <laughs> nothing to write about. <laughs> it's just, it's just said <laughs> they were just so bloody ordinary, you know, <laughs> uh-huh. and uh, but you know that that somehow or other in the end, you know, I wrote a song that's on the Motown Greatest Hits. How's that even possible? I, I, I just Amazing. don't even know how that's even, I don't know how that's even possible. So that's that's the other thing. And, and the other thing, and I, which I said to my daughter just the other day, is is that it's, 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 not, the, it's not the one, it's not the no's, it's the one right yes. It's not the 99 no's, no, it's gotcha. the one right yes. Uh, well said. Well, listen, you guys did plenty of yeses and, and plenty of good things, both great Australians. And, I, look, I really do appreciate you coming on Lunch with Lee. Um, when we're out of lockdown, I come to Melbourne, I'd love to get us out for lunch, my shout, and uh, get around and share some more of those stories, Mark and Brad. Brilliant. Thanks, boys. Thank you so love, much. I'd love to meet you guys. Cheers. That's it for Lunch With Lee this week. A big thank you goes out to our guests, Mark Holden and Brad Johnson. Thanks to our sponsors, Athlon Partners, X-Blades and O'Brien Beer. Make sure you hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from and do us a favour, hit five stars and if you're passionate, leave a review. And come check us out on Instagram at I'm at Lunch With Lee. Our official Lunch With Lee photography was done by Felicity Kelly. You can check her out on Instagram, Felicity Kelly Portraits. And our producer, Dan McHugh, thanks once again. We'll be back next week to chat some more legends about sport, music and business on another cracker episode of Lunch with Lee. We'll see you then. (laughs) 